This podcast was brought to you in partnership with Liz Earle Beauty Co. On today's show, we're chatting to Lu Hai Liang, journalist and budding author. Hey, Lu Hai, welcome to the show. Um, I think we've been following each other a little while on Twitter now. I found out about you through um, the author Ginny Reddy, who was on our show, I think, last season. Um, It's great to have you here. Thank you. Thank you. It's good to be here. What have you been up to recently? Because I know you've been dabbling in a whole load of new things and you've got a new job. Like, can you tell us a little bit about your background? Yeah, so um, my background is in journalism, uh, really. And um, it's what I studied at university. And after university, which was almost a decade ago now, um, I moved to Beijing. And um, wow. I worked in Beijing for six years, uh, mostly as a freelance journalist, but also some other things. And um, I left Beijing in 20, at the end of 2018. Uh, I traveled for a bit and I came back to the UK uh, last September, so 20, 2020 September, and um, been freelancing, but started a new job very, very recently. And also um, I'm working on a book. So lots of lots of different things. So, yeah, it sounds like you're doing all sorts. What's the sort of walking and hiking culture like in Beijing? Do people walk around the city a lot? Yeah, so um, Beijing, the city is quite flat, so it's quite easy to walk around. And it's also on a grid system. So you'll be walking, you know, uh, for blocks and blocks. Um, So it's fairly easy to get around, especially uh, around the kind of center within the second ring road it's quite easy to get around but it's also quite big so you use the um the subway system uh, quite a bit and also taxis but um hiking in terms of hiking you you kind of want to get out out of beijing to the hills that surround mm. the city um and there you'll see the great wall of china um <clears throat> but it is not actually that easy to get out of the city. You have to take a bus. And I never really got out as much as I really wanted to. Um, It just felt kind of far and not that convenient to get out of the city. But I did go hiking several times while I was there. And what was that like? It was good. It was good. Um, we, we, We so we'd get out the city into kind of the counties that are also Beijing, but you know, mm. it's not, it's not Beijing city, right? Um, but in the countryside, it's, it's kind of, uh, it's a little bit dry. So it's not like lush, like it is in England. Mm, so like arid or something. Yeah, a little bit arid. Um, but there you would just see the wall and you would have kind of the official bits of the wall, but then there'll be other parts where it's a bit more run down and, mm. You could just get onto the wall and um, we, we would camp on it, actually. We would camp on the wall. Oh, wow. And um, it, it, it was amazing. We'd try to, we'd get into like a little fort um, and just kind of make a, make a fire in there and, and eat and then sleep. And we'd wake up and then we would see the sunrise 
over the hills and the walls it was it was incredible actually yeah it sounds really magical I'd love to do that that sounds incredible it's just something uh, a place that I've never been to I've kind of been to sort of some parts of, sort of southern China but never made it into the bigger cities um but it feels like definitely something I'd want to do um covid permitting shall we say so i'm guessing you had like a bit of a culture shock in a way coming back to the uk especially in the middle of the pandemic and um and i guess what was it autumn that you came back last year um how has it been settling in uh, into your life back in the uk um so yes it was a bit of a shock um not just culture shock, but obviously we had uh, another shock that's affected all of us um, Mm. with the pandemic and everything. So when I lived in Beijing, like I said, I would travel quite a bit, often to Southeast Asia. And when I left Beijing at the end of 2018, I um, I kind of embarked on a kind of that kind of nomadic lifestyle. So I would travel quite a lot as well. So Coming back to the UK and being grounded, essentially, um, and then we having lockdowns, it did, it was quite a difficult, you know, transition to just suddenly be be grounded and not being able to go anywhere. So, you know, obviously it's affected us all, some different, some people differently. And, you know, I'm not saying like I had it really, really bad or anything. It's just that, um, yeah, it was quite a, quite a big transition. You've written about nature connection and technology before, uh, specifically around moving around zones and it being part of the fun. Can you share more about this? Sure, yeah. So um, I've been a a fan of uh, video games for for a long time, ever since I was a kid. Um, But what I like about video games is that, um, especially in the past couple of generations, um, you know, game designers have created these incredible environments in video games uh, which you can explore and travel around in and for me the nature within video games I believe helps me appreciate real life uh, landscapes so kind of moving around virtual landscapes I think enhances my appreciation for the real life ones that's so interesting you've kind of brought me back to the days when I was a kid and thinking about playing Mario and Super Mario (laughs) Brothers and like quite constantly you're moving around green space in those (laughs) in those worlds and I hadn't really thought about it you know the mushrooms popping up the flowers it's quite a nice thought really yeah absolutely and um, I think there have been some studies that have shown that people who um, kind of watch nature documentaries Mm -hmm. or if they have kind of wallpaper like I think there was a study in a in a hospital or something where people had a view of nature yeah either through a window or it was literally just wallpaper (laughs) of kind of uh, maybe a grassy hillside or a forest but apparently it helped people um, recover with Mm -hmm. their stress levels better than something neutral um so i think that you know the the ability to wander something virtually can be kind of 
um, you know, help you help you appreciate the, the, the real life ones as well. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, it actually reminds me of a project that I worked on years ago with a uh, hospital in North London. And uh, it was like a, there was this like waiting area um, for people who were about to go in for sort of big sort of high, heart bypass type operations. And it was just like this plain uh, white wall room with a clock on the wall. And all they could do was like stare at the wall and the clock ticking, which is probably like the worst thing to look at when you're about to go for a big sort of operation like that, which has risks associated. And we actually came in to do this um, interactive uh, kind of landscape that projected on top of the wall, which was then also covered with like beautiful bits of like etched wood and we actually it was like real like ages ago now um and we actually built like this kind of uh, interactive game with one of the we wands and a oh. patient could then just like basically move the wand around and then they could interact with this kind of beautiful in, uh, uh, kind of virtual landscape so when you wave the wand near the pond the ducks would float by and then the clouds would float by to be honest I've completely forgotten about that project <laughs> until you <laughs> mentioned it but um it feels like we've known about a lot of this stuff for a long time but still it's just sort of taking ages and ages for I guess industry and organize organizations to kind of move forward in helping people, especially those who are like convalescing or in hospital, to sort of connect with nature and and the outdoors in ways that they maybe can't usually do that because they're stuck inside a hospital. Mm, that sounds like a wonderful project, um, and yeah, I, I, I agree. It's um, I think f for me, it's about two things. It's about agency. And number two, it's about the sense of play. So yeah. obviously in, in a video game, you, you play, right? But just more widely, play is so important for one's well-being. And, um, you know, we don't, we don't really appreciate it enough, I think, the, 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 the idea that we can, we can, we can play in an, in an environment. And um, in video games, of course, you can be a hunter, or a warrior, or just kind of explore. And in in real life, of course, we don't really get the chance to, you know, shoot a bow and arrow, or uh, climb climb mountains in the same way that a yeah. video game character can. So I think that that sense of exploration and play um, is is something that video games excels excels at. But it might also inspire someone, a young person to, you know, see their environment as a, as a place of play, as a place of play to, to kind of become something else, you know, and mm. with that, I think it gives you a sense of agency over the environment. Did you get into Pokemon Go at all? <laughs> I, uh, I actually haven't. I, haven't, I haven't really got into that. Have you? No, <laughs> I think I'm a bit too old for it, but I know it was big for a while. I was just wondering whether or not you thought that the, potentially that is along the sort of same lines. Um, I guess it is in a way, but it's also different because it's actually out in, in the real world. How about um, sort of virtual reality and mixed reality? Have you, have you had a chance to engage with many of those kinds of games? 
Um, so I, do, I think Pokemon Go, Go is a great example of um, having, you know, putting that extra layer over reality and then it's a, it, it transforms the natural environment into a, a huge arena for play really. And I've, I've seen in Taiwan actually, um, a lot of kind of elderly people gather together to play Pokemon Go. Yeah. And I think I saw one old guy, he had a bicycle, but on it he had, he had a mount. Um, and it was mounted with like multiple mo- multiple smartphones on which oh he was playing on, on which he was playing Pokemon Go. It was an amazing contraption. <laughs> that sounds um, like serious dedication. Exactly. Um, but uh, you mentioned VR. Now that's interesting because um, on an episode of Country File that I just happened to catch uh, a couple of weeks ago. The presenter in there was trying out a, um, a VR which overlaid um, kind of a, a, on top of the real environment a image of what it used to be in history. Mm-hmm. So it showed the environment with more trees, with more wildlife, and the presenter put the screen on and, and she was like, wow, this is amazing. It is like what it was in what it was back in you know previous times mm-hmm. but then she took it off and she was back in in real life and she was like oh that's so much better with that stupid screen on and I thought like why did you need to say that that was that was not a good that was not a good comment because like I'm watching you through a screen yeah. I'm watching I'm watching country file through a screen so it's like why should we watch you through the screen then <laughs> You know, I think just because something is a screen doesn't mean that it's completely um, not of use, which I think you'd quite agree with, with your app. (laughs) Yes, definitely. I think it's, um, I think they're enablers, aren't they? Or technology is an enabler. And it's a bit like what you were saying um, before about when you were younger, playing computer games, it enabled you to explore new worlds and and have new experiences and I think I think it's quite lazy for people to sort of say and I get this quite a lot oh why would you want to look at a screen if you're going for a walk I'm like you don't have to look at your screen the whole time you could just use a screen be it our app or um you know your laptop or whatever find a destination that feels good and comfortable for you and then off you go and um, so in that sense the technology is an enabler yeah absolutely I agree I think um te- technology is an enabler as you say and um I think you know more can be done with it and I think it's just here to stay right we can't we can't ignore it um and I think a lot of young people are exploring nature in video games these days but my hope is that it will inspire them to to see their to see the woods uh, you know at the end of the streets or a mountain in a kind of adventurous way mm. i'm actually going to combine my app tip and my walk tip today because i want to recommend checking out all of the great autumn collections we have up right now Whether you're looking to see the changing leaves, spot some wildlife, visit a cozy pub, or maybe just find a perfect jaunt for the family, there's a collection for everyone in the app at the moment. And if none of the curated walks look quite right for you, don't forget you can always use our dynamic routes feature in the walking map to find the greenest route from A to B or to create your own green circular route. 
I used it myself just last weekend to find a really nice 10 kilometer route around Wanstead Flats and Wanstead Park in East London. It's such a great feature. It's perfect for those weekend walks when you just want to get out of the house, don't really mind where you're going as long as it's green and nature filled. So check out the collections or dynamic routes in the app now. I guess it's about gamifying the environment. Mm -hmm. So if you kind of overlaid some kind of treasure map uh, for a forest, that might, um, you know, encourage people or motivate them to see the forest in a different way that mm. gives them a sense of purpose. Games are a great way to encourage flow, the idea of flow, because it gives people purpose and motivation. And I think in a real world example, obviously uh, for those people who still hunt, um, especially in indigenous communities, they're gonna see a forest in a slightly different way to us if, you know, if we're just going for a walk, but they're actually foraging or looking for food. Um, but for me, it's also more just about kind of, you know, implanting that idea of that, that playfulness, really. That, that's what it's really about, that sense of playfulness, um, which is so important. Um, I think there have been studies that have shown that people who, who are from those kind of indigenous societies, um, you know, I think some people wrongly imagine their lives to be kind of dull and hard when it is actually very, very playful. Um, they, they just seem to have a lot of fun and uh, spontaneity in their lifestyles from what I've read. And they're able to just, you know, as kids, we did it very, very naturally. We would uh, turn our street into a playground and we'd play games like Manhunt or 4040 Home or It, you know, Tag. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, so kids are, are naturally very, very good at it. And it's such a shame that as adults, we don't do the same. It is a shame. It is a shame. And uh, it almost feels like, a bit not forbidden but frowned upon maybe I remember you know every now and again I'll get like a wave of playfulness or fun and it might be when I don't know the sun's shining I haven't got any work or emails to reply to and I might like jump on a log <laughs> and like try and balance on the log and actually it's quite fun and it feels great or like climbing a tree for example but it feels like we don't give ourselves permission to to play Absolutely. It's like, why, why not climb a tree? You know, why not jump on a log like a kid? Like, why, why can't we do that? You know, it doesn't, um, it, it's, it, there's no harm in it, really. And, um, you know, it's just that kind of um, sense of, oh, it's not for adults. But who, who said that? You know, who, who says we can't do these things? So I think um, we, we all should just try to have a bit more fun and play a bit more. Um, whether that's, I don't know, just getting some water balloons. I don't know, that could be a bit dangerous. <laughs> I love that. Get some water balloons and start lobbing them at your neighbours. <laughs> yeah, as kids, we did that, but maybe that wasn't so social. But yeah. um, <laughs> You might get like an ASBO if you do yeah. that now. But like, um, but like in other cultures, like Thailand, um, they have this thing called Songkran, um, which is um, their new year. And it's just a massive water fight. They have this massive water fight every year. Mm. And everyone just like gets water pistols and like, you know, shoot each, shoot each other. 
or like they splash water on you. It's just a huge, it turns the whole country into a huge water fight. Yeah, so, that sounds amazing, especially so, if it's in the middle of the summer. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So it's cultural, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. So um, are there things that you've sort of learned from engaging with nature through technology and then have applied in the real world, shall we say? Ooh, that's, uh, well, I think, I think for me, it is about that idea of adventure. And it's not just um, video games, it's also kind of culture more generally. So I grew up watching movies like Indiana Jones and then uh, reading books like Lord of the Rings, and then uh, playing this video game called Uncharted, which is mm-hmm. actually very, very closely based on Indiana Jones, where you're kind of leaping around, searching mountains and ruins for treasure. And there was this time I went wild camping in the Lake District. <clears throat> um, I think it was the summer of 2017. And um, I was with my then girlfriend and we went to the Lake District and we uh, we camped in there for a couple of nights. Um, and doing that, I think, you know, for me, I always had this idea secretly in my head that, oh, it's like it's like something like Lord of the Rings, where I'm like looking for something or mm. I'm seeking something. And even if I, you know, wasn't seeking to destroy the one ring, (laughs) um, for me, it transformed what I was doing to give it that extra layer of meaning and wonderment. So that's that's what it's all about, really, that kind of extra layer of inspiration to see the magic in the landscape. That's that's what I've taken from video games, but more widely books and movies. I love that. I also love what you said earlier about um, sort of encouraging like the flow purpose and like motivating people whilst they're out and about walking or potentially trying to kind of get them out of the house to do those kind of things. Um, And you could either do it naturally. um, I don't know, like spot the squirrel or, (laughs) or try and find the stream in the landscape or something like that. Um, but just adding that kind of playful aspect to it we started to do and um, these sort of treasure trails in the go jointly app and they're sort of targeted more targeted at younger kids but adults can get involved too um, and just sort of like hiding things in plain sight and like trying to get people to sort of solve little clues and puzzles when they're out and about I'm really excited to see how that unfolds um, because we have had sort of some initial feedback with adults saying, this isn't just for kids, we want this as well. <laughs> mm. Wow, yeah, that sounds, that sounds great. And um, yeah, I think that is an example of um, kind of, um, kind of, yeah, adding that extra layer. Um, the, a couple of months ago, I met someone in my village who was um, doing this thing called, I think it's called geocaching or something that's right yeah yeah so that's when they kind of look for some kind of treasure in in the real world uh, environment mm-hmm. but they've seen online that somebody has hidden something so yeah that gets you out and about into the outdoors yeah geocaching is a great example of that and it had such a huge audience and uh um, it reminds me that's something I might try and do with my son over half term uh the idea of like, I don't know, 
being pirates looking for treasure, uh, especially when it's kind of a little bit miserable out there. COVID's still hanging around. Um, that feels quite escapist. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think um, it, you know, anything like that, just I think it's it kind of gives you that kind of a uh, bit of extra magic, which is so so nice. It was so um, brilliant to speak to you today, Luhai. I really loved um, your perspective on uh, basically walking and gaming and like <laughs> make, creating play. I think it's a, a really interesting topic and um, I'm really looking forward to reading um, and listening to more of the stuff that you're doing. Sure. Um, can I give a few recommendations if somebody wants to kind of explore nature within video games oh my god that would be amazing please go ahead <laughs> <laughs> yeah so um okay you might need a playstation 4 but um uh, these games um uh, horizon zero dawn is an excellent game the it's about um exploring um earth but it's in the set in the future and um you play this um woman character who's kind of part of a tribe and there are all all these kind of creatures but they're like robot creatures but their AI is really really fantastic and the environments in that game are just wonderful looking um there's another one called Assassin's Creed Origins which mm -hmm. is set in uh, Egypt uh, a long time ago and that that's that gives you a great sense of uh, uh you know sunlight and heat and travel which is what we English people need <laughs> 100 <laughs> winter um so yeah i recommend those two and and uh, the earlier one i mentioned the uh, uncharted which is also a fantastic game to explore environments that sounds great thank you so much for those tips you've also reminded me of the um the latest zelda that you can mm. get on switch i remember like i'm not a massive gamer i get terrible motion sickness um so i just have to like kind of witness it happening in my house and I just remember everyone going wild for the landscapes in Zelda yeah that I should I should get a switch at some point because I've heard a lot of good things about that game um it's Christmas coming up <laughs> <laughs> can you ask Santa <laughs> I think I'm a bit too old for anyone oh. to, to like for someone to give me one I'll, I'll have to like be my own Santa <laughs> yeah you have to be hey listen you got a new job it feels yeah. like you deserve a reward <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly um and it's also great to hear about hear more about you and kind of your ideas for for the app they sound wonderful thank you um how can people follow you on social media yeah so i'm on twitter um at luhai l-u-h-a-i underscore liang l-i-a-n-g um i also have a blog www.theluhai.com Thanks so much for listening into this season of Nature Bounce. It's been great to host so many lovely guests. We've really enjoyed it all and really hope you have too. I also want to say a big thanks to everyone who works behind the scenes to make this series a success. Thanks to Shane for his epic tips and walk recommendations, Sage for all her marketing and administration support, and to Liam for his help with turning these sessions into lovely episodes. Take care and stay safe. Thank you for listening to this episode of Nature Bounce. Don't forget to rate it and subscribe to the whole series.